Hey, I'm Tiffany Woise, and this is the best of What's Mine is Yours. Good morning. Morning. There's some coffee behind me. Great, just what I need. What do you want to write today? I did have this one idea. Have you ever heard a song and felt like it was yours? That it was written for you? Me too. And that's why I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to record and sing songs written by people who have written songs you've heard. The songs you have grown to love, the songs you were raised on, and the songs that you've attached your stories to. Come along with me as I interview songwriters who write the words that inspire all of us. This is What's Mine is Yours. Ben Caver. Ben grew up in Hoover, Alabama. Ben moved to Nashville to study at Belmont University. He is a multi-talented singer-songwriter. Ben has had his songs recorded by artists such as Carrie Underwood, Trisha Yearwood, Rascal Flatts, Brett Young, and Kane Brown. Along with songwriting, Ben now does background vocals for country music's largest artists. So meeting Ben was actually really exciting for me and for an interesting reason. He is married to one of my favorite songwriters in town, Sarah Hayes. So selfishly, I really wanted to meet Ben. And then I ended up falling in love with Ben as a person. I actually didn't know a ton about Ben. You know, he came into my house and right off the bat, I got a very calm sense about him. I thought he was very grounded, very humble. I'm not a very calm person. Sometimes I think my personality to somebody like his can be off-putting, and I was hoping not to push him in a direction which wouldn't allow him to open up. When talking to Ben, and this isn't a bad thing, I think it's because we're both strangers to each other, he felt maybe a little bit more guarded, and I also know that he had taken a, a while off from kind of the music business. He had celebrated this number one with Brett Young here tonight. I mean, wow, what an accomplishment. And writers that will be on this show haven't had a number one. He's had a number one, which is incredible. Well, hello, Ben. Hello. Welcome to What's Mine is Yours. I'm really happy to have you on here. Thank you. Happy to be here. I watched an interview a really long time ago. Oh, no. This is a more like an emotional part that I was really interested in when you were an artist and doing, and I, and I know artist means many different things, but I mean as in the sense in the music community being kind of the, the front face of it all. You wrote a song, I Remember You. Yeah. And you told a story about that song that really touched me. And this is the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. This is the stuff that people want to know the story behind yeah. the songs and kind of what I think helps shape you as a person. Yeah. And can you tell a little bit about that song? Yeah. So I Remember You. Originally, it was called I Don't Remember You. Okay. It was 2008. I had a friend, Ryan Jones. Uh, he was living in Alabama at the time. Had just gone through a divorce. Was actually working for a company in Nashville. And so had a small condo, a little two-bedroom condo in South Nashville. Just told me, man, just move up here. Let's get you back on your feet. Get you stable, you know? So he moved up. And it was very, very early into him living up here. He was into like RC flying, airplanes, anything aviation. He was, he was really into. And so there was a convention in Georgia 
one weekend that he and two other friends uh, wanted to fly out of Birmingham over to Georgia and catch this like radio controlled flying convention. And so he invited me. I said, you know what? I've not been home. hadn't seen my folks in a while. So I just said, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm just go hang with them for the weekend, but we'll see you back here on Sunday. So go home and, uh, couldn't really sleep Saturday night. Didn't know why. Was just up all night. And Sunday morning, my dad comes and knocks on my bedroom door and says, Hey, come downstairs. And so my folks were about to head off for church. And I, I just remember walking in the kitchen and my mom's in tears. And, uh, as she spoke these words, that, that feeling of slow motion, every word that she's saying isn't being spoken. And she looked at me, she said, Ryan was in an accident. And I'm thinking, oh, he's in the hospital. And she followed that with, he was killed in a plane crash. Um, and just the shock and disbelief in that moment, you know, I just, uh, those things don't happen, you know? They don't happen to people. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit. That was in May. I went down to visit his dad on Father's Day. I was with his parents, and his dad pulls out this Gibson guitar. It was 1971 J45. Pulls it out. Says, man, this, this just sits under the bed. He said, without Ryan, this is just wood and strings. means nothing. He said, Ryan was a huge fan of what you do in music. I want you to have this. When you take it back to Nashville, maybe one day you'll write a song in his memory. Um, but I just, I can't sleep with it under the bed. So I got to bring that guitar back home. And it was, gosh, maybe three years. Tried and tried and tried. Nothing ever felt right. You know, I'd pick up that guitar, you know, intentionally wanting to write a song about Ryan. And it just never felt good enough. It never felt right. Fast forward the three years. I was in a session with Kelly Archer and Brad Rempel from the Van High Valley. And I had that guitar, had that J45. It was just kind of noodling around on some parts on a little melody and, and got to talking about the guitar, about Ryan. And Kelly had just lost her aunt to cancer. And Brad had just lost a grandmother. And, you know, we just kind of were all sharing our experience of loss and just the emotions of, you know, death and dying. And Kelly just top to bottom rattled this chorus out. And she said, you can ask the sun and you can ask the moon, but not a day goes by, I don't remember you. Mm. And it just, it was the song that was in the room. Our job was to stay out of the way of it. Mm-hmm. Just get out of the way, let this thing breathe. I know that's really hippy-dippy and weird and, no, 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 and no, no, crazy, no. but our job was to get out of the way of this idea that was, it was hovering, this thing. And so over the next hour, you know, we wrote that song I went downstairs. It was at Universal Publishing. They had a, a studio in the basement. And I went downstairs with that guitar, recorded just a guitar vocal. And that got sent off. It immediately went on hold for George Strait, which I was like, this is awesome. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember the timeline as far as how long it was until he was cutting, but it was on hold for a little bit with him. And, and I remember Brian Wright at the label was just fired up about this song. And... And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get a George Strait cut. You know, like, that that's the pinnacle. You don't get bigger than George Strait. No. Now, I don't want to go into detail of telling the Trisha Yearwood story because you're going to hear it from him. But this actually made me cry. And this was such a 
moving story, especially coming from a man that I believe a lot of people might not know his name and not know the things that his name is attached to, especially writing for people like Carrie Underwood, Kenny Rogers, Kane Brown, Brett Young. And I think it's such a special story and which makes this episode very special. And it made Ben's story all the more special. And I think it said also a lot about Trisha. And then it turns out he let it go and it immediately went a hold for Trisha Yearwood, which, as I just said, it doesn't get bigger than George Strait until you get to <laughs> Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks, you know? Yeah. And so Garth Fundus is her producer. They went in and cut it full band. And I guess this was probably six months after it went on hold. We'd heard that it, it had been cut. And I get a text out of the blue. And it says, hey, this is Trisha Yearwood. Um, can I call you? Obviously, you know. And so she You're not going to hang up on her? Like, no, I, well, I think she may have heard the story. I was like, yeah. oh, just hang up on her. Yeah. So she calls and she says, hey, look, I don't know if you'd be willing to, able, want to even, but would you come into the studio and play that song like you did on the demo and, and let me sing just a few passes of it? And so... I, I go in there with that Gibson J45. Oh, my gosh. And, um, what a trip. Yeah, from me to you, we're just, I'm playing this guitar, freaking out. I'm not a session player. And I think we may have recorded it five or six times just straight down. And, you know, Garth Brooks comes in and it's like, I just the total surreal moment of. That's got to be one of the most probably memorable moments for you. Is it yeah. in Nashville that oh, far? 100%. 100%. Like, that's the magic right there. That's the stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, and they're, they're not only legacy artists, but they're formative artists, you know, backing up to the 90s country with Garth Brooks playing shows in Birmingham and getting to see that. And then listening to Trisha on country radio, I think I even like sang a Trisha Yearwood song in a talent show when I was like in elementary or middle school, you know, just these two artists, these two celebrities or figures were foundational in the country music that I discovered as a younger teen and that helped lead me to Nashville. So Trisha cuts it and puts it out. And so the rest of the story goes, she and Garth are doing their world tour and they had two dates in Birmingham. And so I texted Trisha and said, hey, tell me now, please, but can I bring my family to the show? And she immediately fired back. Yes, here's the number to call. This is our manager. He'll take care of you, whatever you need. Chills. So got to go to the show. Took my parents, my sister, and her girlfriend, and Sarah, my now wife. Got to do the meet and greet. You know, to see just kind of a little backstory. My dad is, he's, or my family, I'll say my whole family, we're pretty, pretty quiet people. Mm -hmm. So to see specifically my dad, Meet Garth Brooks, because <laughs> Garth is the 800-pound gorilla in there, just a a force, a a energy. So to see them meet was just amazing. You know, Garth just shaking my dad's hands. Steve, it's nice to meet you, Steve. Yeah, so my dad gets to meet Garth Brooks, and that's just, that, that to me, I'll forever remember that. Just my reserved family's energy, and then Garth Brooks. So anyway, they hooked us up with tickets, almost like side stage, 
and I had just, I posted these tickets on Instagram, just like kind of bragging, you know, and Ryan's mom texted me. She said, Hey, I'm at the show too. It's like, Oh, this is awesome. I was going to try and, and meet up with her. His dad had unfortunately passed away not long before that show, but he had heard the song, knew about the cut. And so unfortunately, you know, that was the situation, but got the text from Ryan's mom. Hey, I'm at the show. I'd love to hug your neck. Garth plays for an hour, you know, just high energy. And then Trisha comes out in the middle of it. They do three or four duets. And then she starts introducing the song. And, and my mom's sitting there, you know, just grabbing my arm. She's going to play your song. And about that time, their road manager shows up at our seats and just says, let's go. Um, so 30 seconds from seat to stage at a Garth Brooks and Trisha concert, sold out arena in my hometown. And as I'm walking under this huge, in the center of the arena, you go up under the stage, Garth hands me his guitar and, and says, you're one of us. Go get him. And they had not told me they were going to do this song. She had not told me she was going to invite me up. I thought at most she was bringing me up to say, here's a writer from Birmingham, wrote this song. Everybody from the band leaves, and it's me and Trisha Yearwood in the middle of this arena, and I'm just like, all right, got to do it. I mean. Luckily, I was maybe the only guy not hammer jammered at a Garth Brooks show um, and sat there and very quickly tried to remember what key we cut this song in, key of A, and to remember how did I play this song. And so very quickly figured it out and stepped forward and we played the song top to bottom. I bet Ryan had the best seat in the house. I, I think so. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's an, if there weren't pictures, if there weren't a video on my mom's phone, I wouldn't believe it, 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 that it happened. We finished the song and I leaned over to Trisha and said, hey, Ryan's mom's here tonight. And she looked at me and just said, say no more, I got this. And went on to dedicate the song to his mom and talked briefly about Ryan. I mean, these two, Trisha and Garth, they've got minds like a steel trap. You tell them one story once and they will never forget it. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what, what it is that, that has unlocked in their brains. I wish I had that. I mean, I swear I can't remember how to get home halftime, but they are just world-class, unbelievable people. I think that's the type of stuff that separates people from having maybe a few good songs and then having a career. Yeah. It's people like that. Yeah. It's, it's human connection. That's what country music yeah. is. I mean, it's about that. Mm -hmm. And what a cool, I mean, just, I mean, surreal yeah. opportunity. Absolutely. I've ev that's probably one of the coolest stories I've heard. So, yeah, thanks. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, that, that so I went to, makes me well, cry. Well, I, uh, I went to give Garth his guitar back, and he said, no, that's yours. So I walked out of the arena with his guitar and got it at home. Now, do you still write with that original guitar, the one I do. with? Yeah, I still play the J45. Yeah, I love that guitar. Because it all starts with a song and a songwriter. Hey, thanks for listening to What's Mine Is Yours, the podcast with Tiffany Woods. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can stay updated with all things What's Mine Is Yours by visiting 
WMIYpodcast.com or following me on socials at Tiffany Woys and the podcast at WMIYpodcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. Produced in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Tiffany Woys in conjunction with Roundhouse Entertainment. Executive producers Tiffany Woys and The Ed Hill. Original music from Robert Shavers and Kiefer Thompson. Recorded and engineered by Robert Shavers. You can check out my music on all streaming services and a special playlist we've created for each episode with songs written by each guest only on Spotify. Thanks for listening to What's Mine is Yours. 